altars. We just believe in what you're doing in her heart. We just thank you that you, Holy Spirit, have leadership in her life, that she has submitted to your personhood in her life. And we just pray that you would fill her up with the confidence to deliver this activation that you have for your people. Thank you for this woman of honor, and we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you. I'm not using the phone. Okay, good. Come on. I'm loud enough without a mic. I don't know. Come on. Hey. All right. Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, <laughs> it's cool. It's good. The Lord is here and the Lord's been moving, so we're not going to stop that. Awesome, guys. Well, <clears throat> thanks for coming out tonight. I'm super excited. We're continuing in the summer of love, and we're talking about the God uh, loving people through the prophetic. And so uh, the pro- prophecy, and I'm just going to jump in and get started because Susan and uh, John are going to share a little bit, and we're going to do some activation, so I'm just like going straight in. So prophecy or the prophetic is hearing from God and speaking what we hear to somebody in order to strengthen, encourage, or comfort them. So basically that's us saying, God, what are you saying about this person? What are you saying about the situation? Hearing it and sharing it with some and sharing it with that person. First Corinthians 14 3 says, But one who prophesies strengthen one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. I like the way it says it in Amplified. It says, But on the other hand, the the one who prophesies, who interprets the divine will and purpose and in inspired preaching and teaching speaks to men for their upbuilding and constructive spiritual progress and encouragement and consolation. So good. It's hearing from God about somebody and speaking about what he says or what he thinks about them. So the first thing that we're talking about prophecy is encouraging. It's comforting. It's uplifting. That means that when we're speaking something that we hear from God, we're not saying like calling out all their sins and condemning them. We're encouraging them. We're uplifting them, right? You know, occasionally there's times for that in a protected circle when someone says, hey, but we're not going to like come at it in a condemning way. We're coming from a place of saying, this is what the Lord thinks about you. And God thinks great things about us, right? Because he doesn't remember our sins anymore. So he doesn't remember any bad thing that we have that so that means that he only thinks good thoughts about us so that means prophecy and hearing the lord for the prophetic means that we're speaking out only good things that god has um chris belton says it this way prophecy brings people into a revelation of the glory that god has assigned for them wow the goal of the prophetic is to draw us deeper into relationship with god and in love with the father so it's call, sometimes it's just to remind us that God loves us. It's calling us higher. It's pushing us more in um, into like a loving relationship with God than we were even before. And 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities of the Spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. Loving people through the prophetic gives them the opportunity to realize they are fully seen and that they are fully known. So when the most important thing to remember is that everything comes from love. And first, uh, if you look, if you look at the book of Corinthians, Corinthians, First Corinthians twelve talks about spiritual gifts. First Corinthians thirteen talks about love, and First Corinthians uh, fourteen talks about more spiritual gifts. So it's sandwiched, and love is sandwiched in the middle of it. And I think that's so strategically placed because we cannot do anything in the spiritual gifts. We cannot operate without coming from a place of love because it says we, if we don't have love, we don't have anything, right? So if we're not coming from a place of love, that means that we're not coming from a place of God's heart because God's heart is only with love and adoration towards us. So we're not, so we have to do everything that we do when we speak out words of knowledge or encouragement to people. When we prophesy, it has to come from 
from a place of love. It has to come. And that's why it says, let love be your highest goal. That is our number one thing in everything that we do in our lives, whether it's going to the grocery store, whether it's, um, you know, like talking to your neighbor, whether it's at work, love is our most important thing because that was God's most important thing because he loves us. He sent Jesus to die for us. And if he didn't do that, he, if he hadn't, he loves us. So he wouldn't have done that if he didn't. So, um, one of the awesome things, like I mentioned before, is it calls us higher. Prophecy calls us higher and pushes us to a higher standard than we thought possible. Um, when I first started coming to Summit, oh my gosh, like six and a half years ago now. Um, I know, it's crazy. Long time. Um, not like maybe like a year or two in, I had just, I was like kind of had, like I was coming, but I wasn't like connected and involved. And I was like only coming on Sundays, not coming on Thursdays. And I just kind of had a shift in my life, and I felt like God told me to kind of forsake the, the dreams that I had for my life and pursue the dreams that he had for me, and I didn't know what that looked like. And it was a huge step of faith for me and like a real, kind of like a risk place. And so I just kind of like cut off, not cut off ties, but I stopped pursuing the dream that I had and said, okay, God, I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to pursue after you and follow you. And I was um, had started to stir in this heart the idea of missions. And I had always loved the idea of traveling, always loved the idea of missions, but I was never like gung-ho about it. And I remember even specifically saying like one time when I was in high school, like, oh, I'm never going to go to Africa. I don't need to go to Africa. And there's like so many people, everyone talks about going to Africa. I don't need to go. I'll go somewhere else if I ever travel, which is funny because if any of you know me and where I'm going with this story, Africa is like the number one place on my heart that the Lord has. So he has a sense of humor. Um, but I had been kind of contemplating this for like a couple of days and I had started to stir up this idea of wanting to go to Africa and, and wanting to do missions and was talking to the Lord. And it was the first time I ever encountered uh, prophecy or the prophetic was through Tom Moffat. And how many of you guys know Pastor Tom Moffat guest speaks on Sundays sometimes? He usually comes in with Pastor Daniels in Africa. And I think they were in Africa, they were in Costa Rica or somewhere that year. And he, he's like, he's like, at the end of the service, he stops and says, okay, I want, like, if you want to hear a word, like, I want everyone to come forward and I'm just going to start praying for people. And he's standing up on the stage, and I'd never seen it before. So I was like, I'm just going to hang out in the back and watch. Like, I don't need anything. I just kind of want to see what happens and see what people uh, get, like, like what happens. And he, like, prayed for, like, two people. And then he looked directly at me and says, young lady, will you come let me pray for you? And I was petrified. I was like, in front of everybody, right? There's a couple hundred people there. And I was like, no. And I was like, what am I doing? Of course. So I, like, go up front. And he just, like... He asked me, like, what are your dreams? And I was like, well, I'm trying to figure that out, but I really have a heart for women's ministry and Woo! wanting to just see, like, uh, young ladies overcome, like, things that I had to overcome in high school and college. And uh, he's like, okay, okay. And then he starts, like, I think he prayed for me for, like, five to ten minutes. There's a recording of it somewhere. And he, like, proceeded to talk about all these things about that was going on in my family and, like, in a way that was, like, there, like, I had kind of was misunder like misunderstanding some things with people in my family. And he's like, there's this misunderstanding, but God's just saying that it's going to work out for his good. And people in your family are going to come to full salvation. And I'm believing for a bunch of my family to get saved. And then he's like, but I see. And he starts praying this other stuff. And he's like, but I see, like, nations on you. And he, and he spoke out this, like, for, like, so, like, all these things about how, like, he saw me, like, laying hands on people of colored skin, and he saw me, like, dancing in dirt with them, and he saw, like, this whirlwind of compassion, and I said I'd be, like, a Mother Teresa for a nation, I'd change the way a nation looked at their women, and all this stuff, and that is my heart, like, that is so my heart, but this, like, when he prophesied this over me, it called out something inside of me that I didn't even realize was there yet, the Lord was stirring it up, it wasn't because he said this magnificent word that I, like, decided that I wanted to do this, it was something God 
God had put inside of me that I was figuring it out. And like that morning in worship, I was in that like day I had been talking to God about it and he called all this stuff out. And like, that was a launching point for me. That was a moment when everything in my life shifted. And I was like, okay, God, this is something you've spoken. This is a promise I feel like you have for my life. So I'm going to go after it. And in the last three years, I've gotten to go on three different trips to Africa, lead two of them, go watch several cons, like several, like hit, you know, like getting to do like layovers and pray for people in like Paris and Europe and like all kinds of different stuff. And it's like, because I believed I like, he called out something greater inside of me than what I knew because the Lord was speaking to him. He heard God, he heard God's heart for me and said, I want you to call out the gold inside of her that she doesn't see yet. And so, and that's what the prophetic does. It affects us in a way, the way that we view ourselves. And it also affects us in the way that we, it, like, it affects us in the way we view ourselves when someone speaks it to us. But when we're the ones sharing the word, it also affects the way that we see ourselves because we, it's like affirmation that we hear the word of God, right? And sometimes, like, we, like, the Bible says that, um, Jesus says in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Yeah. And 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty one says, for all of you can prophesy, um, and so that everyone may in turn be instructed and encouraged. So the thing is, is we all have the ability to hear the voice of God, right? Jesus says that all of his sheep know his voice. But there's something that's really encouraging when we hear the voice of God, we speak it out, we believe it, and then it happens. And we're like, oh my gosh, I actually hear the voice of God. And it's so encouraging. Uh, last year when we went to Africa... It was the first time I'd led or gone on a trip without Pastor Daniel. So I was like really nervous because they like, I was the team leader. And so that meant that like when it came down to a decision, it was on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I make the wrong decision and I lead everybody astray and we die? Like not, not that extreme, but like for reals, like it was a lot of pressure and probably, no, and probably a lot more pressure on myself than I needed to have. Like I went a little extreme, but like, okay, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Okay. And I was like, I didn't have the safety net of Pastor Daniel like dad to tell me it was okay or to like bounce these words off of and Susan uh, Danielle Laura and I went to Africa last year and we spent a ton of time asking God what we were going to do beforehand and so we had this like list of things that we felt like the Lord was going to say we were going to do one of the things we felt like we all had a heart for women's ministry youth ministry and kids ministry so these were like the top three things and we didn't have an agenda going in right so like we our trip changed last minute and we had no idea what we were walking into we asked God and we were like God we're just gonna trust you and we're gonna listen and then we're gonna prepare for these things and hope that that's what you do so those were the three things that we had hearts for and the things that we kind of were just like trusting God in and so we like halfway through the trip we get finally to like one of the destinations in Mozambique to a town called Shai Shai and we arrive on a Friday night and the next day Saturday um, we like was gonna be like a bunch of ministry stuff and so we got there late at night and they come and they greet us and it's this huge like warm welcoming thing that they do and they say okay well we want you to lead our services tomorrow and we're like okay what are they and they're like women's youth and kids and we just we all like lost it we started freaking out we're like are you kidding me and because like this is what the Lord had like we told us and we were praying and asking and then it happened and we were so encouraged that that was like something that we had heard God on another one was um where there's this town called messing gear that we had been back and forth the whole trip on whether or not we were going to make it to and at one point they're like no we're not going to go because the roads are too rough it'll be too hard to get back and we'll like miss something when we get back to South Africa so we're not going to go and I had felt on my heart so much that we were supposed to go and um when we had decided not to I was kind of disappointed because I was trying to figure out okay God like did I misunderstand you should I speak up and like say this or like honor our like our leader in South Africa who's taking us and um and I just but I felt like we were supposed to go and so Dries is the guy who's um there in South Africa and he said 
he pulled me aside and said, what do you think? What do you think we should do? And I said, I, I honestly feel like we need to go. He's like, okay, I have peace. We will go. And so we went. And, and it was like, well, that's, that's how, like, and it's like, that's just how I was like, okay. And that was one of those moments where I was like, Lord, <laughs> I hope this works. And before we got on the trip, somebody on Sunday morning had prophesied that we were going to interact with government officials. And they said that they saw us, like, praying for government officials and, and like, interacting with them. So we get to Missing Gear, and we, like, arrive at the house of the pastor, and he's like, come, quick, we must go. I have to go meet you, the government officials of the region. And we're like, what? So we got to go meet, like, the mayor or the governor of that province, and we got to lead worship inside a government building, which is, like, basically unheard of. She, like, Susan got to lay hands on her and pray for her and pray for her. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't speak English. It was crazy. And the cool thing was, it was so encouraging to me because I took a risk in saying, I think this is what the Lord is saying, even though, like, they said that the weather wasn't good and the roads weren't good, so we couldn't go. But I feel like this is what God's saying. And I took a risk. I trusted that I heard the Lord. And it ended up fulfilling, like, the word that God had promised us beforehand. And not only that, but it opened up a door for Pastor Daniel and Teresa and Ben and the rest of and Stephen Ng and Michael Ailes on their trip to go in. And they brought gifts for the governor of that region and, like, all kinds of stuff. So when we hear God, like, and we listen and we trust him and we take that leap, it opens more doors than we can we can realize right and I think so many times we just have to take the risk it's like it's like I'm exercising a muscle right if I go I can't expect to lift like some huge 50 pound thing if I'm not working out my biceps and my triceps every day but if I'm if we're constantly taking risks and trying and and like learning okay I think that I heard the heard God say this for this person so I'm gonna go try it and you know if it doesn't happen it's okay like sometimes we get in the way sometimes we don't hear God maybe sometimes the person like didn't uh like didn't understand it or whatever and and it's okay like the only the best way to grow is is by taking a chance and trying right and yeah, sometimes yeah. there's going to be an error sometimes there's going to make mistakes like past, like there's an, for example this guy or this story uh, um several years ago is he heard god say um go tell this person they're a warrior and the person they only saw the person from the back and it had a long ponytail and they're like no that's a girl i'm not going to go tell them they're a warrior and god said go tell them they're a warrior and the person was like Okay, fine. I'm going to go tell them they're a warrior princess because it's a girl. God, you're wrong. They go up and say, I just want to feel like God's telling you you're a warrior princess. Turns around and it was a guy. So sometimes we get in the way of what the Lord is saying, right? We think, like Pastor Andrew was saying, like Pastor Andrew was saying, we have to get out of our heads and into our spirit. we got to get out of our heads and into our spirit. And the thing is, is okay, there is sometimes, there is a, couple, several years ago, before I became a leader in the crux, I heard, felt like there was this word about someone's heart that had been torn into pieces, but God was, uh, like, uh, restoring it. And I really thought it was this person. And I walked up to them, and I, like, laid it all out and expected tears to crying down her face. And I opened my eyes, and she was just standing there. And I was like, does that make sense? She's like, no, but thank you. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And, like, okay, but the thing is, I didn't let it, like, discourage me. I didn't, like, think that I didn't hear the Lord. Like, maybe it was for somebody else. Maybe it was for me. But and, but I'm not going to know unless I try, right? So we don't, what if our fear is what stops somebody else from their breakthrough? And that's not, I'm not trying to say that as, like, a, like a threatening thing, but think about it. Like, what if our, like, unwillingness to step out is what keeps somebody from their breakthrough? I've shared this story before it's probably been a while but uh several couple years ago i worked for panera a couple years ago this lady came in and she was um like really sad and i she had like a hospital band on her wrist i could tell she'd been to the hospital 
And I didn't necessarily have this like like crazy like word or anything. I just kind of felt like I was supposed to pray for her and encourage her. So I pulled her aside. I prayed for her. I encouraged her. Uh, and she was like, thank you. She got her food and she left. Well, like a week later, she called back and talked to another one of my coworkers. And she'd actually been in the hospital because her dad was dying. And she'd fallen away from God, and she felt like the situation was hopeless. And and I just prayed what I felt like the Lord said, that he would just like bring peace into the situation. And I guess that night or the next day, her dad died. And she was so broken and, dis- and like distraught. But every time she remembered that I had prayed for her, it allowed her to like move forward. And because of it, she realized that God saw her, God cared for her, and she ended up like, she just wanted to call to tell me that she was finding a church and she was like getting peace and she was going back after her relationship with God again. But it was, and like, if I had just been too afraid to just like step around the corner and pray for her, I literally prayed for her for like maybe 15 seconds. Like she wouldn't have had that breakthrough. And we don't know what's, what, like, what is on the other side of our prayer. Whose breakthrough is on the other side of us stepping out? Whose breakthrough is on the other side of our boldness? And I want to encourage you guys to just take risk. And it's as simple as asking God, God, what do you say about this person? God, what is, like, we're going to do some exercises in a couple of minutes. God, what, like Pastor Andrew saw the color green earlier. Like, it's as simple as saying, God, what are you, what are you saying? What are you doing? And it could be, I see the color green. Okay, why? And it's like, describe it as like a, describe it as like a tissue box. Like you grab the coat, I see the color green, boom, you pull it out and another one comes up, right? And another one and another one. So there's just more and more that keeps coming. But when we have to like kind of take that risk and start the ball rolling in order for us to see it happen. And so how are some of the ways that we can hear God? How are some of the ways that God speaks to us like that? Um, Sometimes it's an audible voice. Sometimes people hear the actual physical voice of the Lord. Sometimes it's written. We can have dreams, angelic visitations, impressions, spiritual senses. Maybe sometimes you just know something. A lot of times that's how, like, that, a lot of times that's how the Lord speaks to me is I suddenly just kind of know it. Like, I didn't necessarily know it before, and it wasn't anything that was in my mind, but I suddenly just have this idea or this thought, and I just know that it's from God, and I take a risk. And sometimes maybe it's not, and I try it any, like, I don't know for sure. Some of Sometimes some of the biggest breakthrough I've seen, like when I've prayed for people, is because the most random word that popped in my head that I didn't understand, I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to take a risk because I don't know if this makes sense. And it, and it does. And we just have to, sometimes that, that's the Lord. Like, yeah. if it doesn't, if you don't think that it's from you, if it's not a, like a chain of thought that you can necessarily connect back to yourself, then that's God. And don't sit and spend like, 20 minutes trying to discover what the word red means like just go for it like you know what i mean like what color red is it how deep is the red is it blood is it like a red rose like sometimes there's moments where we need to mull on it and dwell on it but sometimes we just need to go for it and don't get too caught up because then we get too caught up in our heads right then we get too caught up in the head and not in the spirit um so the other like and so like sometimes it's in pictures sometimes you'll see things uh, when I went to Africa, the first time I went to Africa in 2013, Brie Luque saw a picture. She's like, I just see a picture of you praying for a little boy that's like maybe two or three that's like in a green and white. Do you remember? Remember that kid in Indel? Was it a green and white shirt maybe? Yeah, it was like yeah. a green and white striped shirt. And I think like Taylor went on that trip with me. And we like, I remember talking about it and we get to this village and it was like towards the end of the trip. And he was, oh, in a beanie. He was wearing a beanie. Mm-hmm. And we like walk up and Taylor and I were praying with the kids because uh, Pastor Ann and Teresa were doing something. And like the next thing you know, this kid walked up and we were like, 
this is the kid. And we like we got to pray for it and they didn't understand it. It was like he was like two years old. And I'm pretty sure I like fought over Taylor, like who was gonna hold it because we were so excited that this was the kid from the vision. Like, but you know what I mean? Like it's just sometimes he speaks in pictures and it's really cool and it's encouraging for the person that gave the word and it's encouraging for us because we know that God's going ahead of us, God has plans for us, God loves us, and he wants us to see that he's actively moving and walking in our lives. Okay. Sorry, going hard here. So, um, all right. So, uh, I just want um, Susan is going to come up first, and then John, and we're just, they're just going to share. These are two good friends of mine. They're two good friends of mine. I've been to Africa with Susan twice, um, but that really like have just taken risks in the area of prophetic, and really like are awesome at like hearing the word of God and going after it. And then they're both completely in two different ways. So they're just going to share for a couple of minutes about it, and then we're going to do some activation. ever, ever, ever I've spoken at a summit event, so I just had to grab a microphone and make it super official, super official. Okay. I'll turn it off before I drop it, because, uh, yeah. So, I'm super honored to be able to speak. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Susan. I'm loud. I talk too fast, and if that starts to happen, then just give me one of these and say slow down. Emily, please tell me if I get to, uh, too many minutes up here. I could talk about this all day because this is my heart and this is what made God so believable to me. Um, so in it, I felt like uh, something that the Lord reminded me is when I first started coming to Summit, one of the first things that the Lord, like one of a, there's a lot of them, but one of the first prophetic encounters was actually the Lord. I was sitting in the back of the sanctuary with this young girl and the Lord started like replaying over, I didn't know it was the Lord at this time, over and over and over, one of the most traumatic things I had ever been through. And I'm like thinking, like, this is the devil. Like, you know what I mean? I'm all like, shh, like, be quiet, like, you know? And I'm sitting there, and it's playing over and over, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, I don't even, like, at this point, I don't even know what you're supposed to do with that. But I just, like, kind of, like, even in my density, I was like, okay, I think, like, I'm supposed to share this with this person. Like, you know, I kind of got it after, like, the 15th loop around in my mind, you know? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling so awkward, and I'm like, Lord, this is, like, like level quattro deep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to tell them, like, one of the most horrific things to, like, my family members don't even know about, you know? And so I'm not going to get into the details of it. That's for another day, but I sat there. And I just remember, like, I'm sitting there with this girl, and I just start to speak to her some of the most horrific things that have ever happened to me. And I just remember, like, her face, like, you're not sure how to read it, like, does she think I'm crazy? Like, this, did I just go way too deep and she's never coming to church again? Like, you don't even know what it is that you did. But then, like, within a time frame, she ends up sharing her heart. And she tells me that she had been through, like, almost the same exact thing. And it was so crazy because here I am sitting there, like, okay, God, like, this definitely isn't you. And then I share it, and it brings life to her because that's what the word of the Lord always does, is it brings life no. and encouragement. So I was able, like, Joyce Meyer had said that she would have never taken back being molested her whole life by her father. And I remember hearing that. I'm like, I'm not there, I'm not there. And then I remember after sharing some of the horrific things I had been through with this young girl, I remember going, God, I I wouldn't take it back if it was just for that one girl to understand that she's not alone, that her worth hasn't been taken away, that all of these different things. So that's one of the first encounters with the prophetic was me saying, okay, I'm going to get out of the way. 
I'm going to speak something that I am just assuming must be God because this is pretty odd that this memory that I am like have like blocked out for years never talked to people about using different things to numb out, to not want to think about this thing. Yet here I am fully at peace yet fully having this replay, but it doesn't have like that agonizing feeling. So boom, boom, boom. Something else that was super, super cool. Okay, you know what? We'll end with that one because that's like a punch, you know? All right, something I like, I felt like the Lord like wanted me to share, and I'm gonna do it like super quick because I know like this is uh, not a 30 minute with Susan moment. But, uh, <laughs> so I just felt like the Lord uh, brought me to Ezekiel 37, and I know like most of us being in church, like we totally have heard this. Um, pretty much there's a, there's a filled dry bones, the whole nine, and um, Ezekiel's there with the Lord. And um, the Lord says, like, like to them, like, to pretty much prophesy to the dry bones. And the part that I felt like the Lord uh, wanted me to read. Give me two seconds. All right. Oh, he said, um, son of man, can these bones live? Found it interesting that at first God provoked the question because that caused thought to come into the mind of Ezekiel. He started to provoke him to see things through the standpoint of God, not to just see it through what he was seeing in his natural sight. So in that he answered, what a wise answer. Oh, Lord God, you know. If God ever asks you something, just answer like that. Oh, Lord God, you know. Because <laughs> if he answers like that, he's getting ready to tell you something, okay? That's the time where you're not playing the know-it-all right there. So, And he says, again, he said to me, prophesy to these dry bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath, that's the life, that's the Ruach of God, to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. <laughs> and so then what did he do? He responded to that. So in that, we have to ask God, and we have to get God's heart. What is it that you see, God? We have yeah, to yeah. choose to walk by faith. Would we just say this? Is this just some nice thing that we put on our Christian bumpers? That walk by faith and not by sight. No, what does that mean? What does that look like? Because something I'm going to share with you, I've had a brother who, by the... You know, by the grace of God, he's still alive to this day, but he's been off and on heroin for 12 years. And this is something that I hold true to my heart. This isn't just something I stand up here and say, this is something that no matter what I see, I'm going to prophesy to my brother. I'm going to prophesy to his dry bones quite literally. And I'm going to speak the Ruach of God. I'm going to speak the life of God just because just how he fashioned an Adam and he breathed that life. So I got to step off here before I just start going into it. But in that, and then something super cool, as Emily mentioned so yeah i just want to encourage you guys you can speak the things that are not as if they were it's completely biblical it's completely scriptural and if you don't know what god sees just ask him because he's your dad and he wants to show you because he wants you to be able to partner with him so just simplify what do you see and if it sounds crazy most likely if it's unbelievable and sounds like it needs a miracle it's probably god because that's what he does so okay i got inspired by the little moment there okay last little minute thing so when Emily and I were in Africa, there's too many even stories to tell you about that. But something that was really amazing was we're having this prayer time. Like, and thing for me, honestly, one of my biggest attacks in my mind is like, you're talking too much, Susan. Like, just because I can pray for like, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this like, I get hard on myself. I can pray for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, wait. And I like, am I that person who just like with my many words thinks I'm gonna be heard? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I sometimes like go there. I'm like, Lord, please tell me I'm not there. But then my heart's so pure, and I'm really still like getting 
I'm not, like they said with the tissue box. It's like I pull out one thing, I expect to just tell you you're beautiful. Next thing you know, I'm like telling you like you're worse and da 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 da, da exactly. And then I'm crying because I'm getting ministered to something I needed to hear. But anyways, yeah. <sighs> you guys can tell I'm excited and passionate about this, right? <laughs> so all I want to say, and I'm going to end all this, is when we're in Africa, we're having this prayer time and I'm going to speed it up. And I pretty much tell her, I, like I've seen a picture of her like, armor being like dragon armor like i seen like her have this crazy shield that was like dragon scales like it was like uh iridescent and it was like amazing and so anyways in that i'm praying over her and i'm having one of these moments where i'm like susan taylor like everybody's ready to go to bed we just travel for like eight hours across borders like this is not the time but i knew it was god and so anyways i stopped and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, we're done. And everybody's probably like, thank you, Jesus, we're done. We're ready to go to bed. But no. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, no, but I feel like I have to tell you. And this is what's on your, what's on your back. And she goes, did you say shut up? I don't know. But she goes, no way. Like that. She goes, I just asked God, what about my back? And then, I, and then I'm like, okay, wait. I'm like, shh, shh. I'm like, just be quiet. Let me tell you some more. Let me tell you some more. So she's quiet. And I'm like, and this is what happens when you go to sleep. Like I see these like crazy dinosaur scales and they're like breaking up soil and releasing seeds. And I tell her this and she goes again, no way. I just said, what about when I go to sleep, God? And I'm over there like thinking, here I am going too much. But God is just giving a love note to our leader to remind her that, hey, despite everything you guys just went through in that day, because I think it was a pretty crazy day. Look it, you're hearing from me, and I want you to know how intimately I am involved with you and how clearly you truly are hearing my voice. So, she got a Shandai. And here we have the one, the only, the jungle roll. Oh man, speaking about the prophetic, whoo, that right there, oh, I don't even know where to start, um, I guess I can go like, I can't tell you about my first encounter with the prophetic, but I can definitely, definitely tell you about the most intense, Tom Moffat was here, but I tell you, that guy packed fire, like fuego, so I was like, like I had known about prophecy, I'd seen it. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, this stuff's really cool. Like, but I can't do that, you know. Like, that stuff is awesome, and it's for him, and it's for some other people, but it's just not for me. And he did a fire tunnel, and all I remember <laughs> is going through that fire tunnel, and literally feeling like somebody was just pouring fire over my entire body. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this thing is, but I am really hot right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I am burning up. Now, mind you, I was wearing two T-shirts, you know. So, story goes on. You'll, you'll understand. That. But next thing I know, like, I have this thing, and I like to call it the teleprompter anointing. As soon as I close my eyes, the Lord will literally start to bring up all the words, and I just read it like a teleprompter. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, it's like. But sometimes, you know, I get those, you know, random words that pop in and you walk up to somebody and like, hey, man, I totally feel like this is you. And they're like, ah, bro. You're kind of like, all right, well, if you want to deny God, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no joke, but sometimes, like, that's, that's how I learn not to take it to heart is 
Because when you're first starting, somebody might be like, dude, you're totally off the mark. Don't get discouraged. Amen. Don't get discouraged. Adversaries are beaten by persistence. Oh. Yeah. We literally have to keep applying pressure to the enemy because if we keep applying pressure, guess what? He's going to back off. As long as you keep applying pressure. So, hey, one time it didn't work. There's, I bet you there's 10 people that you're going to encounter walking down the street. All 10 of them. Take chances. Take risks. Step out and watch it happen. But to continue with that story. So, like, I just start praying for people. And next thing I know, my body temperature starts to go down. As I'm praying for people that he's spotting out to me, my body temperature starts to go down. So... Scripture that I got to go with that because I know some of y'all is in here like, dude, it's crazy. Hold up. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it. Indeed, I cannot. So I'm telling you, if you're walking down the street, yeah, it's hot outside. But if you realize that you're starting to sweat a little more than you normally sweat, start speaking. Start speaking. I'm dead serious. Start speaking. Then I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you another one. Here's another testimony. But uh, we were recently in Azusa, and we went to Venice Beach before like all the school of power and love started. Before the big Azusa event, we went to Venice just to minister to people. And the whole day, I was like, I was kind of getting a little discouraged. I was like. Lord, like, I'm running into people and nobody's biting. Like, you told me I was going to be a fisher of men and none of them are biting, Lord. Like, inside my head, you know what I'm saying? Don't want to look crazy to people. But, uh, <laughs> but then I'm like, all right, so I was like, I'm going to go out with the most bold person I know, Pastor Teresa. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so, like, we're walking and she's just running and she's talking to people and people are shutting her down and she is not phased. She just keeps going. I'm talking about like attacking like a lion, like anybody walking by that looked like they needed to heal it, looked like they needed to know Jesus. She was stopping. So then we finally got all the way down to the end of Venice Beach. And there's like all these tents set up. And I guess it's like where the homeless people live. And my heart sank, like dropped to my stomach. And I was like, all right, Lord, something's happening. So we walked to the end and Pastor Teresa was just passing out tracks. And I was like, no, Lord, point them out, point them out. Who is it? Who needs it? So then all three of us, it was me, Pastor Teresa, and Joyce, and we stopped, and there's these two guys playing chess. And I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, I'm about to get a word. Woo! Yeah, come on, kingdom. No. So we go there, and Pastor Teresa opens up in conversation, and we just start talking. And then next thing you know, this awkward silence falls over the group. Nobody's saying anything. And we're all fishing for a word. I'm like, Lord, I look so dumb right now. Like, this is not me. This is not who I am. Usually I got the word and I'm ready to go by the time, like, I walk up. And I'm just like, okay. All right, like, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And the next thing I know, this pain hits my right knee. And I'm like, okay, there it is. I got it. Stepping out. So I asked the guy who's next to me. And it could have been the guy across the table. But I asked the guy next to me. And I was like, hey, man, do you have pain in your right knee? And he just looks up at me and he's like, how do you know that? And he, I mean, like. The look of astonishment on his face wow. even surprised me. Because I was like, what? I got it right? Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just stepping out of faith here, but dude totally bit. Thank you, Jesus. And, and he's like, and he was just like, yeah. 
He's like, three days ago, I woke up, and he's like, I couldn't walk. He's like, I've been limping the last three days. Wow. And I was like, okay, man. I was like, well, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, and I believe that he heals his people, and he, he's in the business of improving people's lives. And the guy's like, okay. And so I was like, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, do you mind if I, you know, lay my hand on your knee? He's like, no, fine. And like, puts his knee out. I was like, okay, dude, like, he's ready. <laughs> so I pray for him. And I was like, hey, man, stand up and test it out. This guy gets up. <laughs> and the look on his face was astonishing to me because he stood up and he turned around and he went. <laughs> and he's like, and I, you know, like, and he's checking it out. And I was like, hey, man, how does it feel? And he's like, I have no more pain. And I was like, whoa, like, come on. And then, like, he goes to the other people, and he's like, hey, man, this guy doesn't know anything. He doesn't know me. I've never seen him around here. He just prayed for me, and my knee got healed. Not only that, I got to pray the prayer of salvation with him, then opened up doors to pray for other people that were close to him. Dude, the prophetic is encouraging. Like Susan said, it brings life. So if something that pops in your head, if it's not you, if it's impossible, and it brings life or encouragement to somebody else, run for it. Run for it. Come on, guys, give it up for them one more time. Come on, give it up. Awesome. Good word. Cool. All right, guys, a couple of quick things. And then we're going to go into activation time. Um, one is, I just want to encourage you guys, like, to um, remember that this is for everybody. Like, like, Sus- like, Susan, John, and I have been, like, practicing, exercising this for several years now. So we're excited about it. And we've got these testimonies because we've, like, tried and failed and tried and succeeded. And, like, the people that you see, like, on stage that give it or, like, the leaders in the church, like, it's because they've tried and they've failed. And you're like, oh, wow, they walk in that. No, it's because they've tried and they've failed and they've tried and they've succeeded. So it's for everybody. The Bible says that everybody can prophesy. So that means that every single person in this room hears from the Lord. It says that if you're saved, you hear from God. If you're saved and you know the Lord, then that means that you can hear from God and you can hear from God for other people. So I just want to encourage you and remind you that it is for everybody. The second thing I wanted, I was just remembering um, was uh, that, like, sometimes, like, Christy reminded me of this story, is, like, about, like, de- like when people, like, denying it. So when I first came to the church six years ago, Christy came up to me, and I, like, didn't know her very well, and she had, she's like, I feel like this word, and she, like, gave it to me, and it was 100% for me, but I was way too embarrassed to own up to it, and I was like, nope, nah, and she's like, okay, and she, like, didn't take a big deal out of it, and then years later, we became friends, and I was like, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, this word you gave me, you, like, read my mail, and I was, like, way too embarrassed to own to it, so I, like, <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, like, like, stuff like that happens, so, even from, like, I did it, you know, so, like, I just want, like, that she reminded me of that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share that, because it happens, like, I was, I was too embarrassed to own up to it, so don't let, so don't let it discourage you, um, uh, and just to take risks, to try this out, and the other thing I want to say is, I know, like, a lot of our stories had missions involved, but it's not just about missions, this is for everyday life, this is for the people that you work with, this is for your family, for your friends, like, my, my testimonies came from missions, because it's one of the biggest areas I've tested, like, my, like my, this for me, for me. But it, it happens all the time, in any day, any time that we step out, it can happen at the grocery store, to the guy at the gas station, like, Anytime, like, you go on a road trip with John, he calls it a revival road trip, even if you're just going to L.A., because every stop you have, any chance you take, you're praying for people, you're asking God, like, and people get encountered on the way, just, like, going up to 
Uh, we went up to Santa Barbara to go, like, this place called Jesus Burgers, and we were, like, asking the Lord for people. We went to, Pastor Andrew Dom and I went to lunch after uh, church a Sunday several months ago in Hunter, and we just started talking to this, like, this waiter kid at, uh, at Mike's Barbecue, and we just, like, Pastor Andrew was like, hey, like, just so we're talking with him, hey, can I pray for you? And he gets this, like, word about his grandma, and the guy's, like, weeping in the middle of working, and he, like, encountered the Lord right there, and, like, don't be afraid, or, like, uh, uh, what is it? What would they call those dinners that we were doing all the time? Prophetic, Prophetic dinners. dinners. You go in and you go to dinner and everybody asks the Lord for a word for the waitress or the waiter. And then you write it down, you give it to them or whatever. And all these things, people were getting encountered and healed and, and just like encourage you. This is for every day, everywhere, everything, everybody, as you go. Exactly. Life as you live it, as you go. So now we're going to practice it. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into groups of three or four people. Don't worry now. I'll explain it. We're going to get a group of three or four people, and we're going to go through a couple of questions. And I just want you to ask, you ask the Lord for, like, the person next to you or whatever person we assign when we get in groups. And you ask the Lord for to show you something. Maybe he's going to speak it out to you. Maybe you're suddenly just going to know what it is. Maybe you're going to see a picture. Maybe something in the room is going to be highlighted to you that reminds you of it. Whatever it is. Don't be like, get out of your head and into your spirit. Don't try to like make sense of it all. Just ask God for something. Ask God for what he's doing in the room. Ask God for what he's doing for this person. And watch as the people next to you are going to hear it and get encouraged from God. And you're going to get encouraged in return. And if it doesn't make sense, that's okay. We try again. But that's why we practice, right? This is, and especially because you're in community right now. You're in family. This is a safe place of people who know God have been around this. And even if you haven't, that's okay. You're in a safe place still. Because this is an opportunity for us to try it out amongst our family where we're not going to, like, no one's going to look at you weird if you if you don't hear the right thing or it doesn't make sense to anybody else. We're going to be able to, like, it's okay because we're going to encourage you and we're going to say that's awesome. You Great job stepping out in faith. And then we're going to try it again. Yeah. So we're going to get in groups of three or four people. And we need to get, like, like if you want to stick with somebody you know, that's fine. But we should try to get in groups of people you don't really know because then you're not trying to speak from your head and you're speaking from the spirit because otherwise you're going to like, oh, I know, like, I know Susan. So it would probably be easy for me to give Susan a word. Like, but if I, but so like, I want to, we want to go with people that we're not familiar with because it encourages us because then we, when you get that word, you know, it wasn't from your head, you know, it was from the Lord, right? So I'm just going to give a couple minutes. You can make all the chairs however you want, but let's just get in groups of three or four people and, um, yeah, and then we'll get started. Okay. So, go!